Welcome back, everybody. This week, we're going to have a conversation with Stephen. Stephen, take a second to say hello to the audience. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Awesome. We're super pumped to have you on the show today. With that said, let's dive right in. As usual, we'll get right into rapid fire, high energy. So give us your one word open that you want to start off with to open up this interview with. Opening up. Perfect. All right. With that said, take the next few minutes. Tell us uh, about your business. Tell us about who you are. Tell us about your business in the context of who you help, what you do, and how do you help those uh, people in your business? That'd be great. Sure. So uh, I'm CEO of Badger Maps, a company I founded about 10 years ago. Um, what Badger Maps does is it helps field salespeople um, manage their customers, organize their time when they're out in the field, uh, build routes, map their information, basically helps them. It's a bunch of, it's a suite of tools for, for field salespeople who, and I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with field sales, but it's outside sales, uh, means that you're meeting your customers face-to-face. And so it's a suite of tools that, uh, that helps those people that uh, do their jobs better, save time more efficiently. Um, and it's an app on their phone that connects to their CRM and does a whole bunch of stuff for them. Excellent. How long ago did you get this um, started? Um, about 10 years ago. So I left Google and started the company in 2012, in January 2012. And uh, we've been growing ever since. You know, it was slow at first, and now we're about 70 people. Um, you know, COVID was a, a very bumpy time for us because a lot of our customers went out of business or stopped using the product because they were fired, things like that, because they're, you know, field salespeople. Tough, tough time to be a field salesperson or a company that's business model is is, is uh, to go to market with field sales. Um, and so uh, we had to make some changes and pivot to the parts of the, our customer base that were essential and, uh, and, and double down there. And uh, now we're, we're a, a bit larger than we were right before the pandemic started. So uh, two, it's been a, a, a pretty flat two years. Well, a roller coaster of two years, really. No, everyone's felt that in the world, unfortunately, with the pandemic and, you know, our, it's just, it is what it is. We're all pivoting and business will never be done the same way as before. We've seen a lot of sectors that have advanced, right? I'm sure you noticed it from just your observation of, of living. So with that said, let's shift over to some wins. Give us a recent win, Stephen, that you had in your business that's really important to you. And then give us your takeaway. You know, what'd you learn from this win that you put on the board, so to speak? Well, I, I guess our, our our biggest recent win is is getting the company growing again. And uh, you know, we we took a big hit, a lot, lost about forty percent of our customers in, in the first I don't know six months of COVID or so, and and then kind of turning that. Then we were flat for a while, so we were just losing people and gaining people at a very similar rate. And then about eight months or so ago, it's uh, February February twenty twenty two, so last summer. Um, we, we were able to turn things around and get the business growing again. And, uh, and that was, it was a big win because it, it, it took the whole company's focus on, on, uh, you know, kind of revamping what we're doing to focus on the people that were still in need of our product. Uh, you know, we, we, we couldn't sell to people that were selling beer to bars because the bars were closed or we couldn't sell to, uh, you know, exercise equipment companies because they, the gyms weren't buying. And, uh, but we could sell to medical device sales reps and construction sales reps and uh, pharmaceutical sales reps, stuff like that. 
So I guess that was our, 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 the big win that's that we've, we've experienced lately. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, um, the, the, the takeaway or the thing to learn from that is that, um, you've always got to innovate. You've always got to be nimble, be willing to pivot to, to different things. Well said, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening and they could be stuck and, you know, that piece you just gave us is going to help some people get unstuck, so to speak. That's So that's cool. So with that said, let's talk about the other side of a win. What about a recent failure, Stephen? What happened? You know, how did it happen? And how did you get through it? And what was your takeaway from a recent failure? Um, I'd say our biggest failure lately is just, um, you know, we're, we're struggling to get a new version of our product out. Uh, and, you know, we, we've been working on it for a long time. Uh, we're, we're kind of, we're on version two right now and we're, we're doing like a ground up rebuild for version three of our product. And, and we needed to do that because the kind of the, the, uh, the wheels or the rails needed to be swapped out. Right. So the, 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 at the most basic level to, to take the company to the next step and take the product to the next step, we had to swap out everything at the base level. And, um, and just in the, and the failure is, is it's just taken a very long time. I've been working on it for like three years now. And uh, it's hard to fork the engineering team into, you know, half of it's dealing with keeping, keeping the existing train we have on the tracks. And, and the other team is building an airplane next to the train that we're running. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so that, that the, it's just taken a very long time to, to swap this out. And, and, you know, over the next year will be you know it's in beta now so people can use the new version and and get the new things they've been waiting for but they lose a bunch of things that are that were already in the existing product and so over the next year we'll keep rolling capabilities into the new product and then we'll cut people over from the existing product onto the new product gotcha so what would you what's the biggest piece of advice you could give to any entrepreneur or an organization listening to this right now that happens to be in field sales, which you specialize in and you have a high capability and you drive a lot of impact in that industry. What's your number one advice you could give them right now with the current market outlook? Well, I, I think uh, field sales is definitely back. Um, we're seeing our customers are, are in the field again, selling even in the industries that were were kind of stopped or held back during the pandemic. They're all kind of back and active again. Um, if field sales was the best way to go to market before the pandemic, it, it probably still is, and and that's and that's back. I guess with a, with a few exceptions, but in you know in, in general, um, you know I guess an exception being like software companies. They there are a few industries that just haven't gone back to the office because they never really needed to be in an office. Uh, maybe there's some advantages to being in an office, some disadvantages, but, uh, but on the balance, you know, most consumer facing organizations are, are open at this point. And, uh, and so, and I guess the, the advice is that, uh, that things are back and to, to, to go full throttle at this point, because it's, it'll continue to be a competitive world. And, um, you know, if, if you're, if you're not out there making it happen, someone else will be. I love it. Words of wisdom. Thank you so much for that. So let's talk about your point of view on thought leadership. I would love to hear your top three things that you think are a must have for anyone to be an awesome thought leader. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and I, you know, I guess 
the, the things that I've learned over the years from, you know, having a popular podcast and, um, and I didn't start out to be a podcaster. Uh, I, I guess I didn't start out to be a CEO either, but <laughs> um, I, I, I guess, uh, you know, the, the thought leadership that I've done and, and I think the key there is, is standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Like they don't all have to be your thoughts. What you need is a, a platform that's attractive to the other hundred people who have great thoughts to contribute and create a resource that's specifically tailored to the group of people that you're trying to, to influence and you're trying to create value for that is outside of your product. So, you know, in my example, you know, all, most of the thought leadership and, and, and the podcast is called Outside Sales Talk. It's for outside salespeople, field salespeople. Um, you know, and all the thought leadership we, stuff that, that I do is all based around this group of people who I also make a product for. And I don't, when I, when I make this content or create the, the stuff, I, I just try to create value for those people. I don't try to sell the product that I make for them. I just try to try to create value for them. And, and I stand on the shoulders of giants. I bring on the best sales thought leaders and, and interact with them and get them to teach their best stuff. So someone wrote three books on, uh, on a topic that field salespeople care about, I get them to explain the topic and, and teach the topic in you know, 45 minutes. And um, that creates a lot of value for the listeners and that spreads the word ultimately about what I do. So I think the, the takeaways there are, be focused on just the group of people you're trying to help make an extremely focused ticket. It's better to go deep and, and, and be known in the group, in the group, in the world that you actually want to be known in. And, um, and, uh, and then really just create value. Like don't, regardless of, of what you actually do to make money, create value for this group of people. And, and your thought leadership should basically be a, a standalone product that you, that you give away for free. Well said. What about company culture from your experience of being in business for a decade and your previous experience being at Google? What do you think are the top three things like one, two, three must haves in an organization to the out, for the outcome to be an awesome culture, company culture? What are the top three things that they should possess to have this outcome? Well, um, the top three things. Well, I, I, first of all, I think company culture is super important, right? I mean, the, uh, there are a few things that are more important than, than culture because that's what keeps people around. In the world, I think businesses in general have a huge churn problem with their employees. People become way better employees over time than they can be right off the bat because they, they understand the company, they understand the customers, they understand the product, they understand the people in the organization and how to get things done, they understand the competitors. Someone that someone who has average skills but has been around for five years is going to perform at a far higher level than someone who has exceptional top 1% skills but has only been there for a year in, in most circumstances. Um, now, the, I, I guess the, the – so culture, therefore, I believe culture is super, super important. Um, the, I guess the, the areas of how you can affect culture, you can treat people – not like a jerk is like the key thing. Like uh, so many organizations treat their employees badly. They, um, you know, they, and, and people are just not happy and people that the, the uh, so I guess that's one thing. Don't treat people like a jerk. The second thing is really focus on your leadership team. People don't quit their job. They quit their boss. 
And, and so I think, you know, the leadership team is really important for culture. Um, and I think you have to create an environment where people can enjoy working with the other humans that they work with. Ultimately, we're, you know, we're social animals. We, we, uh, we really care about the people that we, that, that we interact with on a regular basis. And, and if you can create an environment where um, people, are, people can enjoy the, the, the experience of working with people, um, then, then they can build those relationships, build those friendships that last, last a, a long time. And it makes them want to, to stay. It makes the, the whole role, the whole job of what they do a lot more valuable. I guess um, recognition is really, I guess I'm on four, but recognition is not to be undervalued and specifically not recognition from the top. I mean, that's important too for like a CEO to, to recognize things or a leadership team to recognize things. But I think it's really important to create an environment um, where everyone has an opportunity to, to recognize everyone else. So if someone on another team helped someone, uh, and we do this on a weekly basis. We have a big weekly meeting, and, and this is you know a five minute part of it where anyone can recognize anyone for doing anything, and uh, we call it giving props. And I think that's a a really important part of our culture because it gives people the ability to uh, to, to recognize anyone in the organization who they've worked with. And I think that's been really valuable and, and really uh, helps people understand what's going on in the organization and helps people feel good about what they're doing and how they're contributing. Those are all really great things. It's very inspiring to hear. And it directly resonated with me. So one of the things that really stuck out, like when we were talking about culture, was the piece you said, we're social creatures. And I immediately thought about how, you know, sometimes, you, you know, most of us spend more time at work than we do with our family. So you have to have an awesome culture for that to be a rewarding place. You know, obviously people have to show up and make a contribution to the culture, like you were saying, but at the same time, it's got to be always, it's got to be like a 50 50, right? So that's really great. Um, right now, we've had a good opportunity to kind of hit our stride. We've had a good chance to learn about your business, more about you. And if our audience wants to find out more information, take this opportunity to give out your social handles and your website address so they can find out more information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if, if people are in field sales and, and are interested in, in learning more about what Badger Maps does, I would say the, the website is a great place to start, badgermapping.com. Um, if someone wanted to get a hold of me uh, personally, a, a great way to do that is LinkedIn. Just search Steve Benson Badger Maps and, and you'll find me. Awesome. And here we are at the end. Give us the one word close and tell us why you're choosing this word to sign off with. A one word close. Um, optimism. I'm, I'm optimistic about the next two years. I think uh, we've had a tough couple of years. Uh, and I think we, we've been slowly turning things around and things are, are looking pretty good. Awesome. Thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you.